December is back again. With its return, the 12th month of the year gives a cosmetic makeover to the trucking industry compared to months prior. Instead of offering an exciting, fast-paced transition, though, December's 31 days can be more accurately described as dull, lackluster, and stodgy. <laughs> as the end of quarter four approaches and people worldwide plan for their next great New Year's resolution, December sees a downtick in transportation activities across many industries. But how will it impact you? Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Road, where today we'll talk about December and what you can do as a logistics professional to prepare for the 31 days ahead. Stick around. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Road, the transportation industry podcast where we talk all things transportation and logistics. Joining me today to talk about the trucking industry, the transportation industry, rather, during December is Josh Rivers. Josh is a sales team manager with ATS Logistics and uh, Josh, this is not Josh's first time on the podcast. No, <laughs> no we've, been here, we've been here quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, we got some updated hardware, kind of an updated aesthetic yeah, our podcast studio. It's really nice. Visit. I know no one can see this, but it's it's different. I hate change, so it's, let's, yeah, let's hope it bodes well for this. Yeah, yeah, it's coming together, which is nice. Um, and the uh, the listenership is is going up a little bit, so that's good. Has it really? Yes, it's yeah. Especially with these market forecasts, people like people tuning into them. That's interesting. So let's keep them on their toes. Right. Not interesting the in the sense that like. I can't believe somebody would listen to this, but like, yeah. oh, it's it's cool. A little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. I I. I'm glad there's a there's a there's a market for it. I'm glad people find it useful. Yeah, yeah. It's the a, conceited I, side of my brain was like, yeah, I mean, of course they're gonna... yeah, of course they're gonna find <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, there's a lot of people involved in transportation, and I suppose that uh, a lot of you know various stakeholders yeah. in the industry like to hear from you. Yeah, so what? I, guess, I mean, there's a market for everything, right? There's a. I watched a. I found a YouTube channel that had like over a hundred thousand subscribers that was dedicated to like remote control cars. <laughs> like, there's a market for that. Like, yeah. Okay. All right. People have hobbies. People have interests. Um, let's talk about. We're halfway through November here. Let's yes. talk about. You know what? What's what is what has been going on this month and what's coming up? Yeah. So uh, first of uh, first and foremost, uh, depending on whenever you're listening to this, Happy Thanksgiving to uh, to all the listeners out there. Um, hopefully you, uh, you found the information from last month's podcast useful in regards to shipping around the holidays. And, um, I'm going to repeat a lot of that coming up for December, but I do have some really good information. Um, per usual, I, I ping the, the subject matter experts at ATS, which is our operations managers and operations team. Um, I attempted to get some information from, uh, one of our operations directors and I, I just missed him. So hopefully I'll get him involved on the next one. Um, hopefully I'll get this information Sooner than the day of, I have a bad habit of. Oh man, the podcast is today. I gotta, I gotta call Jerry. I gotta call Amanda. I gotta call Sean. A lot of stuff going on. It's, it's been one of those days. Um, so the the month of December. Um, it's it's interesting. It's typically it's it's one of those months where it's uh it's slow until it's not. Right. So uh, and that's kind of what we're seeing right now. I uh from the information I gathered from the van side of the house and from my experience in the past is um, de- December does tend to slow down. De- December, January, February is that kind of three-month stretch where it's like, you know, 
freight is moving and some sectors are absolutely going to be busy. There's there's some sectors of transportation that just it does not matter what month it is, what time of the year it is. They're always going to be busy and um, they're going to have their own kind of shipping process. They're going to have their own kind of outlook on uh, on what the month of December is. Uh, but in general, generally speaking, it's, it's typically slower. Um, you're going to see a lot of Christmas trees moving right now. Uh, and that comes from the Pacific Northwest. So Washington, Oregon, Idaho, you're going to see a lot of Christmas tree shippers uh, moving out of there. So uh, drivers know they can get good rates for those uh, because there's only a limited time that they can move, right? Nobody's buying Christmas trees in July, not real ones anyways. Um, so there's only X amount of time to, to get those out and get them moving. Um, you do see Christmas trees in the Midwest. You typically don't see them moving, um, because we, we sell them locally. I mean, look at every Christmas tree market, you know, that you see around here. Uh, most of the, the real Christmas trees that you see moving into the, the deep South areas where you wouldn't find pine trees naturally, um, is typically going to come from the Pacific Northwest. Um, what we've noticed, and this is, this is really good. These past couple months, I've been able to say more than I don't know, or I think it should. What we've seen is that the markets have leveled out and we're anticipating that to remain the same through the month of December. So what we've seen so far in November, we're anticipating almost a carbon copy of it through December. Um, and what that means is, is that your Midwestern states are going to stay relatively busy. Things moving in and out, uh, particularly foods. Yep. For the uh, for the holiday uh, holiday meal season, my favorite time of the year, <laughs> the southeast is going to remain slow. There's typically not a lot of freight uh, moving out of the uh, the the Florida Georgia Carolina area for for dry vans. Um, we've also noticed that uh, as as we kind of talked about last month and as we kind of predicted, is the um, the consumer goods season is, is the retail season is is just not there huh it's it's just not happening or impacting as hard as we thought it would um to give you an idea of it i mean think about holiday seasons from years past and uh this this is something i kind of noticed on the or i kind of thought of on the drive over here is holiday seasons past you saw black friday commercials every 10 minutes it seemed like mm-hmm. you know, the deals 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 get in here now you gotta buy 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 we've, we've got crazy deals happening and and it was Always in your face about the deals that you could find. You got to get in here and get your shopping done. And I just haven't seen it this year. The 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 Black Friday marketing, so to speak, has been very, very subtle and very just kind of like you got to kind of go to the website of whatever retailer you're looking at. And then they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, we got some pretty good deals going on. Yeah. And, we're having all those Old Navy commercials. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, and if you look at it, the deals are ex- extending across the month. They're like... Yeah, Black Friday's from November to well, we'll let you know when it's over. I, like it just it's just continues to go. And the main reason behind that is there's been such a decrease in consumer spending because consumer confidence in the market is low. And it, you can we can argue the reason why until the cows come home. Is it political? Is it financial? Is there supply chain and logistical struggles? Probably a combination of all three. But the, the main thing is, is that there's been a decrease in confidence in the market by the consumer. The consumer is spending less money. So what retailers are noticing is that there is a massive backlog already in their warehouses and distribution centers. So we don't need to import a bunch more stuff when we don't even know if we're going to be able to sell what we have on hand. So that's the reason you're seeing deals lasting longer because there's like, look, we, we have enough product here, like. It's on sale for the next month. Just buy it. Let, help me get rid of it. Yeah. Um, and that's 
kind of driven the consumer goods season is we we haven't seen that push that we that we typically see. We kind of we talked about this last month and it's come to fruition. It's just it's just not there. There's not really a whole lot of imports. And what that means is that your capacity on the coasts and out of the ports remains good. Um, California sometimes, most of the time, typically heats up because that's where all the imports come in. California right now is not a good place to go if you're a truck driver. Really? There's really nothing coming out of there. Drivers are taking fairly low rates to get out of California, to go anywhere. I mean, we've we've paid really good rates to drivers out of California going to places like, you know, middle of nowhere, Utah and Wyoming. Just anywhere wow. but here yeah. is kind of how they feel. Um, and that's kind of... Uh, that's that's the van market in a nutshell in December. I mean, it's the the, the reaper side of things. Like I said, they're going to stay busy because of the foods, but yeah, it's it's going to be it's it's going to be a, a pretty stable December from the dry van side of the house. Yeah, um, we're not expecting any massive fluctuations. You know, we were talking about the retail season not being very prominent. It isn't. It's it's kind of more or less what we were talking about, what we predicted. Yeah, if there's less retail freight moving because you say consumer spending is shifting a little bit, yeah. you know, based on, you know, uh, consumer sentiment in the market, right? There, There's rising inflation. We're heading into what they presume to be a maybe prolonged economic downturn. Um, and you did not say that R word. Yeah, <laughs> that recession <laughs> that's on the, you know, the horizon. Uh, what drive van, where's all the drive van capacity go? Like, so right now, like I said, the, the Midwest is going to stay relatively healthy. Yeah. And you'll see a lot of drive. You're still going to have drive vans everywhere. We can still find you a truck wherever you wherever you are. Um, it's just where a driver is going to want to go is, is the biggest right. thing. And where are drivers not going to want to go? That When people say a driver doesn't want to go there, it doesn't mean you can't get a driver to go there. It just means you're going to pay more to get a driver to go there. You're going to pay more money to get a guy into California. Um, not as much as you would have in years past, right? But it's it's going back to the kind of the 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 rinse repeat formula that we had before. Going into California, you're going to pay more money. Going into Florida, you're going to pay more money because there's no freight for them to get out. Um, drivers are mostly going to want to be in the Midwest, like they have this past month. They're probably going to want to still be in the Midwest. Now, it comes down to driver preference as well, and you'll see this more on the open deck side, and we'll we'll talk about that. Matter of fact, let me just transition to that. The, the big thing from an open deck side of, stand, side of things is there is freight in the Midwest for them to move. There is reason to go to the Midwest. However, if your freight involves hands-on time, it is much, much harder to get drivers to go north yeah. than it is a drive-in driver. A drive-in driver, for the most part, barring driver assist and stuff like that, um, most of their freight you back into a dock. They unload you. Somebody knocks on your door. You're good. Here's your sign. Bol. Cool. And then you're out of there. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, uh, if your flatbed freight involves tarping, uh, strapping, you know which which all of it does, uh, for the most part. But if it involves getting really hands on tarping, a high number of straps, a high number of chains, the driver has to spend a good amount of time securing this freight. Well, would you rather secure freight in Texas in December, or would you rather secure freight in North Dakota right. in December? So. All these things play factors um, into drivers' decisions on taking this freight. So you're going to get a little bit of pushback. I mean, it's it's already happening. There's snow on the ground right now. Uh, for people not from the area, we're in St. Cloud, Minnesota, and we got 
what, probably an, an inch or so of snow today. Yeah. So it's already happening. And I checked the forecast, and there's going to be a low of, like, negative 2 on Saturday with a high of 14. Like, it's cold already. And if you're yeah. a driver who's based out of Tallahassee, Florida, and like, hey, man, I need you to go to the middle of Fargo, North Dakota in December, you're probably not going to be overly thrilled about it. And that goes for all drivers. Drivers, you know, there's there's freight moving in the south to keep people making money and keep them happy and keep them warm. Right. So if you want to send guys north in the middle of the winter, you got to pay a little bit more for that. And it's also more dangerous. You know, driving in the in the snow is not a fun time for anybody. For I mean, I did not enjoy coming to work this morning <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because of the snow. So, uh, but. It's just as difficult for truck drivers, too. I mean, truck drivers generally have a little bit of an easier time of it because of the weight of the vehicle kind of forcing them into the pavement. But it's, I mean, anytime you see a massive pileup during a snowstorm, you see, you know, a dozen or so 18-wheelers in ditches turned over. And it's it's dangerous. It's a dangerous job. And blizzards bring winds. So you're going to have high winds. This is typically when we get, you know, when we get a snowstorm here, very rare is it just snow. It's often, it's blowing sideways and it's you know 25 30 mile an hour winds and drivers don't want to drive and drivers can't drive in that you know if you're driving an empty drive van trailer to your next load you're a you're a parachute man like you're gonna tip over right so that's what makes it difficult um uh getting back on the topic of flatbeds um we talked about freight going north that's going to be a lot harder it, it is the slower season for flatbeds because uh, an entire sector of business closes shop yeah. uh construction projects in the midwest so it is a slower season. Um, if you have freight heading south, particularly out of the northern regions, it's going to be a lot easier to move. Guys want to get out of the cold. They want to get somewhere warm. They want to get somewhere where freight is still moving more or less unmolested. And guys who don't like tarping are going to stick down south because it is impossible to find a no-tarp load in the north because everybody wants their products safe from salt, which we use to clear the roads and keep the ice from building up on the roads. And salt sticks to everything. Yeah. We know this more better than most because we live here. You you know, it kind of doesn't make sense, but you have to get your car washed here at, at least a, a couple times a month or once a month yep. to prevent the salt from eating your car, essentially. So that's something people don't think about. So the the tarping in the north is uh, is definitely a, an issue for, for open deck drivers. And again, this, the, none of, nothing that I'm saying is going to mean like, Oh, and it's not going to move. You're never going to find a truck. It's just that it comes with a premium. And that premium is lower this year than it was last year. That is the good news. I come bearing mostly good news. Let, right. me, <laughs> let me state that. It is it is mostly good things. It's slower. You know, this is going to be your time to get your best rates. Um, if you're thinking about RFQs and RFPs, we've seen a massive uptick in it. And I don't see any reason why you shouldn't. It's, it's a good really? time to get some contract rates in. Um, I do continue to recommend to people... Make your RFPs quarterly if you have the ability to do so, if it makes sense. You're going to get the best rates that way, and yeah. you're going to get the best service that way. Because guys who come in to price to win, you know, they'll service you great for the winter months, and then the spring and summertime hits, and it gets busy, and they're like, hey, man, I, rates have tripled or doubled. Yeah. I, can't, I can't take this anymore. Or if you get people who try to prepare for that, they're going to give you high rates off the rip, and you're going to be like, well, why would I ever go with them? They're three, four times more expensive than the next guy. Well, they're giving you honest rates. The best way to get the most accurate rates, to get the most accurate snapshot of your transportation costs is do quarterly RFPs because you're going to cover everything. So the winter months are covered in Q4 and Q1, spring and summer, Q2, Q3. So I think that's the best way to go about it. It sounds like, uh, as you mentioned, rates are 
down across, yeah. basically across the board. You yeah, say absolutely. that it's it, you know it's a quiet season for you know open deck projects, open deck freight moves, open and over dimensional freight movement. Yes, kind of stalls out a little bit at this time of year. Mm-hmm. And the hot topic is that retail and e commerce, which is apparently slowing down. Yeah. Uh, so as a shipper, what does that mean for me? You know, more capacity. Yeah. You're gonna have more capacity. It's it's gonna be less of an issue to find trucks. Um, it's gonna come down to a pricing game a little bit. I still caution people on taking the lowest rate available because yeah. it's not a healthy way to do your to do your supply chain. Um, supply chain is very much transportation costs are very much similar to like sushi, yeah. In the sense that you really don't need to take the most expensive one. Just to say it was you know it was hand filleted by a, a Japanese sushi chef who studied the art for sixty years, but you also don't want to go to the gas station and get your sushi. Yeah. Kind of taking your life in your own hands at that point. <laughs> you you want to aim for the middle. Right. And uh, that's that's what I always encourage people to do is, is you know, so, sometimes the, the guys who are the cheapest option will get it done. Sometimes we're the cheapest option on a couple of lanes. You know, maybe we are the go-to on that. It's just, it's it's generally a good rule of thumb to, to not always go with the cheapest option. Always include service in your pricing. Yeah. And if, uh, you know, you have a carrier who's more expensive than the next two or three guys, but he gets the job done every single time. It's probably in your benefit to use them, right? Or at least kick them a handful of freight here and there just to keep them happy and keep them in your network, because you you may need them someday. Yeah. So, um, outside of that, I mean, it's that's that's really going to be the biggest thing that uh, that shippers realize is that you you have trucks available now. Yeah. And if you're working with a large network of carriers and brokers, um, it's going to come down to if a, if a carrier is selling you that there's just no trucks available, I mean. Take it with a grain of salt. Some instances, that's the case. Yep. Uh, we, we move a lot of freight out of the Rogersville, Missouri area. And for whatever reason, last week, step decks just weren't really there. Mm-hmm. And don't know why. Couldn't tell you why. Couldn't tell you in any, any reasoning about it at all. I, it's just that step deck, 53-foot step deck trailers, for whatever reason, were just not in the area of Rogersville, <laughs> Missouri. So sometimes it does happen. But for the most part, if, in this market, if somebody's saying, oh, especially for dry vans, if they're like, oh, we just can't find a dry van. I have to question number one the size of their network and number two the integrity of that statement. Sure. So you can. This is the market again where you can always buy somebody. Right. And it used to be where you couldn't. They very much used to be. If there was nobody there, there was nobody there. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to buy anybody to dead end in. So, but yeah. thankfully we're past all that. Right. Going back to what you mentioned about accepting those lowest freight rates right now, I think that's probably a really important thing to kind of double tap on, right? Because if you're yeah. a company um, that consistently moves freight, obviously transportation is, is so, like an expense, obviously, yeah. solely an expense. Um, but our CFO, Paul Pfeiffer, wrote up an article on the uh, transportation industry, like a forecast for 2023, and where he talked about, you know, how, yeah, sure, rates are falling, but, you know, the danger of accepting the lowest freight rate right now is like the expenses associated with running a transportation company yeah. are, you know, projected to rise. And, you know, st- some of them will say the same, but for the most part, they're anticipated to rise in the coming year, right? Yeah. So, like, as a transportation company, sure, you want to you wanna be competitive, right? And you want to kind of race to the bottom <laughs> and um, provide competitive rates against your competition. But at the same time, like your fuel prices, right? They're still they're projected to be going up a little bit. Um, uh, there's an ongoing equipment shortage, you know, truck truck yeah. shortage where you know manufacturers aren't re- hitting replacement levels 
once again, you know, a parts shortage, so maintenance costs are through the roof. Insurance prices, as people try to avoid those nuclear verdicts, are continuing to rise. So all yeah. of that, right, uh, you need to steer clear of those of those lower freight rates. Yeah. Um, because, you know, your transportation provider still has to make ends meet. Exactly. Well. And, and the guys who are going to be pitching you the lowest rates, if they're not factoring that into their rates and yeah. they're just trying to, to earn revenue, for, for lack of a better term, they're, they're going to be the ones who suffer the most. And then you might find yourself that that company might not exist. And that's that's the one thing that I want to have people focus on is that we companies who make smart decisions during times of crisis and times of, of real trial, real stress yeah. are the ones that you want to work with the most because they're going to be there. You don't want to call your favorite carrier and the line's disconnected. That's just nobody wants that. <laughs> And like you said, even the big players get it wrong. Even some of our direct competition has gotten it wrong these past couple of years. We we haven't been in that position, thankfully. Yeah. To my knowledge, at least in logistics, we I haven't seen like we're still hiring. Like like that's the that's the crazy part. I'm hearing about. Should these we other be doing freight, this? <laughs> right. I hear about all these other freight brokerages, and they're like, oh, we we're, we're cutting X amount of thousands, thousands of people. Right. And I'm sitting here like we can't seem to get people in the door fast enough. And people who grow through times of crisis and times of massive stress are the ones that you want because yeah. they're, they're proving it. You know, instead of shrinking and cutting losses, we're growing. We're expanding. We're looking for more drivers. We're looking for more sales reps. We're looking for more operations personnel. It's a level if – you, if you see that level of growth during a time of struggle, you can be confident in who you're working with yeah. because most people are taking a very – at, at, a, at a minimum, most people are taking a conservative approach to a time of crisis like that, right? Where it's like, oh, the market's a little uncertain. Maybe just put a freeze on hiring. Don't necessarily let anybody go, but let's, let's just kind of sit back and see what happens. And worst case scenario, people are like, we bit off way more than we can chew. We took on way more than we should have. We don't have nearly enough freight coming in or revenue coming in to support this operation. Start letting people go. And we ran in the complete opposite direction and we're like, we're going to grow. We're we're adding on to our building. We're expanding. We're hiring, and it's it's working. It's not like there's just bodies sitting in chairs, you know, throwing pencils at the ceiling all right. day. It's <laughs> actual productive members of our workforce, you know, per, you know, securing new business, locking in new carriers, providing this service to our customers. It's it's all happening. Yeah, that's just a testament to the leadership at ATS. I think. I, I think. So I think they've structured their company in a way that like the ebbs and flows of the marketplace don't yeah. really, don't really impact them. Yeah. And, well, I mean, and we're. we're we're, we really lead the charge in a lot of areas. And it, I didn't notice that when I first started here. And I didn't really, I, I don't know, I was a sales rep. My my main focus was go get the customers and, and book the freight for the company. And I didn't really stop to pay attention to the to the more analytical, politi- political business side of things. Yeah. And the longer I was here, the more I noticed. I was like, man, they really position themselves so that whatever the market does, they're they're in the right position. They're in the right spot. I haven't seen them make a misstep yet. Right. Which is, it's impressive from a from a business standpoint. That's not even me just going, I work for the greatest company in the world. Like, no, don't get me wrong. Just Every company's got things that can be better. But from a business standpoint, they always seem to position themselves correctly. Yeah. And that's huge. And I think that's why so many people who do work with us decide to keep working with us. Because we don't, there's, I, I haven't seen those hiccups, those missteps. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, th- and other companies are like that too, right? ATS isn't, yeah. isn't the only one that has, you know, multiple companies in multiple areas of the com- country, yeah, yeah. right? They're like, you know what? Ebbs and flows in the marketplace are going to happen, but, you know, we are going to be consistently 
growing through it right because of this because of the diversity of customers that we have yeah. and the diversity of offer i don't want it to come across as like oh this is you know we're the greatest trucking company in the world you should only use ats if you use another trucking company you're you're, you're totally wrong yeah i i think we're one of the better ones That's right why i work here but i yeah i, I don't want to make it sound like this is a brag about ats day like it's we're still trying to talk about the month of december and what to expect as far as freight goes but when you're considering your your freight for december you do want to take into account the how has your carrier handled because like i said we're, we're slipping back into this level of normalcy right. we're slipping back into this level of where we, we can we can kind of predict the markets again we can kind of know what's coming and now's the time where you kind of want to look at your carrier base and go okay which one of you has handled the last two years really well yeah which of you is lucky to be around still? Yeah. How many of you are not here anymore? And and learn from that and see who you kind of really want to work with going forward. It's a reason that a lot of the major manufacturers and, and larger players, Fortune 500 companies in America, are looking for more brokers Yeah. because of the flexibility that they offer. 2020 and 2021 was a massive, massive lesson for these companies that... Yes, asset-backed trucking companies are fantastic. Your small local mom-and-pop trucking foundation or trucking or, uh, operations that have these five ten truck operations are absolutely pivotal to the supply chain of the United States. We would not be where we are without them. We would not be the nation that we are without them. And everybody starts small. ATS is no different. Yeah. And I'm not saying you should not work with them. I am saying that having a couple good brokers in your network is also massive for you because it's not the mom-and-pop operation's fault if they're a truck blows a turbo and they've only got 15 trucks and everybody else is under a load and they can't come get your freight. That's yeah. that's unfortunate. I wouldn't necessarily blame them for that. That's why it's good to have a broker in your pocket. Hey, I had this dropped on me last second. Can you get it? Or if a broker has a truck breakdown, they can always turn around and recover it same day. It's yeah. not the end of the world. So that's that's the lesson that I want people to take from this is that really take a look at who performed well during these past two years and who didn't. Yeah. If you were a company's like logistics manager and you were in charge of, of maybe operating your transportation network and, and, you know, filling it uh, with the companies that you see fit and uh, of the composition that you think is, is good going into, you know, what appears to be, you know, harder economic times. You know, we already talked about how retailers have no idea what, what consumer demand is going to look like for certain products. You know, maybe inventories are overstocked and, um, they're they're just trying to really flush out right what their consumer base is going to be wanting in the next few you know months to a yeah. year right. What would you be doing with your transportation network? Would you be filling it with a diversity of companies of of, of different sizes of different? Yeah, I, I think if I was a logistics manager right now, it, it would kind of depend. So the the shorter runs, the shorter lanes, anything like a hundred, under 150 miles, where a driver can be home that night, I'm I'm going to source locally. You know, find those mom and pop operations. Hey, I've got this lane; it moves. You know, seven times a week. Can you can you give me a couple trucks? What was your rate be just to yeah. to run this for me every week? Because th- those are those are probably going to be your most price effective guys. Um, for the for the longer mile stuff, anything probably over three hundred miles, two hundred fifty miles, I would look at my brokers and see which ones could handle that. Anything super long haul, super long miles, you know, five hundred plus, thousand plus, I'm I'm going to look at brokers. They're gonna they're gonna provide me a really good network of that. You're, I'm going to use a combination of both. I, I want, if you're a logistics manager, you should want good brokers in your network. You shouldn't just want brokers for the sake of having brokers. Some brokers are awful. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. There are horrible brokers in this industry and they give everybody a bad name. And 
I don't fault customers who, when we call and ask to be a carrier for them, tell us we don't use brokers. You've probably had a horrible experience, and I have no doubt that that broker was, you know, not honest with you and led you to make the decision you've made today. But good brokers, you absolutely want those in your network. People who are honest and upfront with you and going to tell you straight up, hey, I booked this with you two days ago. The driver we had assigned to it is broken down. I'm getting it recovered. I, I always take this approach of if there's a problem, you might as well let your customer know. Yeah. Because sooner or later, they're going to find out. Whether or not they find out six hours beforehand and you let them know that you're working to correct the problem and you're giving them an opportunity to see if there's a solution on their end as well. Or it gets to your appointment time and you're like, hey, by the way, I've known about this since yesterday and uh, I kind of thought I could fix it, but I didn't. Well, which one do you think is going to cost somebody to get more frustrated? Right. If you drop your car off at the shop and they're like, you can pick it up Wednesday and they give you a call Tuesday morning. I'm real sorry. It's going to take a little extra time. We had to wait for this part to get in. It just got here. We'll have to do Thursday. You would be way more receptive to that. As opposed to you getting to the shop on Wednesday and they go, oh, sorry, man. It's not going to be ready till tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to handle it way better if you tell me beforehand. And I think that's what a lot of, not just brokers, just trucking companies in general. Because trucking companies, there are trucking companies that do the same thing that bad brokers do. They book a load and like, oh, yeah, we got a driver in hand. And this is what I wish more people understood about when they make the argument between, oh, we only want asset-backed carriers or we, you know, we don't work with brokers, is that the same low kind of behind the back reasonings that you're getting from bad brokers in the industry, you will get from bad asset back right. carriers as well. So it, it's, there's no silver bullet that can, well, these guys own their own 10 trucks. They'd never lie to me. No, I mean, if they're bad, they're, they're bad. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. Broker carrier, it doesn't matter. So it's just, it's easier to blame a broker because we technically, we don't air quotes own trucks. Right. So like, oh, they lied to me. They there's probably there's probably I don't know playing devil's advocate. There's probably more bad brokers just because the barrier to entry. Oh yeah, is so I, low. I would uh, I would agree with that a hundred and ten percent. I because like you said, the barrier to entry, like they're not making the quarter million dollar investment in the no. truck to begin with. So no, you're absolutely right. There, I would I would a hundred percent agree that there is more examples of bad brokers than there is examples of bad asset back companies. But no matter what, you should be holding your your carriers to yeah. the same don't, standard. Don't get it twisted. This isn't meant to come across as like uh, one is better than the other. Yeah. The standard for your carriers should be the standard for your carriers. You shouldn't have a standard for the asset guys and a standard for the brokers. You should have a standard. Yep. This is what, if you're hauling freight for me, whether you own the truck, you don't own the truck, you're asset back, you're a broker, you're an asset back broker, you're a 3PL, whatever. This is the standard to haul freight for my company. Yep. This is what you have to meet. And I think, I don't think that you should, I, I think people should build relationships with their carriers. I think they should be comfortable and happy with the carriers in their network. And you should have your core group of guys. I will say competition breeds excellence. And if you're working with a carrier that knows that you're not entertaining any other options, like, oh, we're never going to go to anybody else. Well, you're kind of cornering yourself. From a, from a service perspective and a race perspective. You should always be willing to listen to somebody. Always be willing to hear somebody out. And if they make a good addition to your network, add them. Mm-hmm. Because it makes sense. What's what's the harm in having another good carrier? And if after a month or so they've shown themselves to be a bad carrier, remove them from your network. And that goes for everybody. Right. So, I mean, if even even for us, if, if there's a customer out there that's working with ATS and we've done a bad job for a month straight and they've communicated it to us and they've wanted us to fix it and we haven't been able to fix this, you should not work with us anymore. Right. But at the same time, if we've shown that we can handle it 
if we've shown that we can be a good addition to your network, you should absolutely add another good carrier to your network. Right. Uh, let's this circle. got way off topic. Sorry. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, let's circle back to December and Christmas. Yes. Let's talk about Christmas uh, as a, yeah, what's, what is going to happen this Christmas? So, uh, so what's going to happen for Christmas? It's typically the same thing that happens around any holiday. Do not ship around it. That's, I mean, that is, that's a silver bullet. Like, <laughs> that's the best advice you'll hear all day. Yep. Um, it's going to be the same thing as kind of like the week of Thanksgiving where, what, what day is Christmas on this year? Uh, midweek midweek i don't know I oh, okay check. let's i'll check it for you, you you look that up and i'll continue to kind of fill the dead space here um it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be the same as shipping around any other holiday where there's gonna kind of be a mad scramble to uh to get to where they want to for drivers to get to where they want to be did you figure it out sunday it's on a sunday okay <laughs> yeah. so what i would anticipate is so this is going to be kind of interesting actually so with christmas the, the 25th is on a sunday correct okay so what you're going to see is that week before Drivers are going to be scrambling to get to where they need to be for the holidays, right? Yeah. Um, what's nice is most people don't typically ship over the weekend, so this shouldn't be a big issue. If you are a shipper that ships over the weekend, do not ship on Christmas. Thank you for coming to my talk. <laughs> if you are a shipper that is shipping during the week, understand that the week before is going to be kind of chaotic. And drivers are going to be trying to get to where they want to go. Everybody's going to be kind of scrambling to get freight out the door. Do not be that guy. Try and get your freight out smoothly, orderly, timely. Don't create more chaos. And then expect that following week, I would say probably up until midweek, maybe even for the entirety of that week, there's going to be a really strong capacity crunch. Because when people go home, they get comfortable at home and they don't want to go anywhere else. And then I would say probably for that entire week, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a huge capacity crunch like I was saying because the following week is New Year's. So drivers might just say, well, I mean, if Christmas Day is on a Sunday, I'll just stay home for the right. following week. Whereas opposed to like if Christmas is on a Monday or a, or a Wednesday, you know, they might take those following couple days off, but then they're right back at it. Right. Um, this is this will be an interesting one. Um, don't ship around the holidays if you can, if you can help it at all. I would expect the entire week starting with Christmas all the way through New Year's to be a very strong capacity crunch. And then... Slowly but surely, a couple of days after New Year's, life will go back to normal. Sure. So is, that's what you guys is the capacity crunch due to the okay? All the drivers are at home, and people are you know needing to move freight because it's the end of quarter, end of year. Not so much like uh, in in that sense. I mean, if you're a shipper and you're you're trying to get end of quarter, end of month, end of year freight out right now, yeah. you you need to be doing that the week before. Yeah. Because it's not gonna if you're trying to do that the week after Christmas, you're you're begging to get hurt. You're begging to get burnt, whether that comes from a rate standpoint or from a capacity standpoint. You're just begging for trouble. Right. And that's for any year. I mean, pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, doesn't matter. That's any time. Do not move your freight around holidays. It just It's going to hurt you. Um, the capacity crunch comes from, uh, like I said, drivers get home and and they're home. It's Christmas time, man. Nobody wants to yeah. go anywhere. We wouldn't work if we didn't have to. <laughs> so, And when you're a truck driver, one of the beauties of that job is – you get to be your own boss. So for the most part, you know, owner operators, especially you're your own boss. So if you don't want to drive for a week, you don't have to. Yeah. And drivers have made some really good money these past couple of years. So a lot of them will probably have enough in the bank to just, I'll park it for a week. And the guys with the authority over their dispatch schedule can say, Hey, don't schedule me right. now. Yeah. The company guys, you know, they could be forced dispatched, but it's, you're, it's, you're just asking for trouble. I think if you're trying to move freight that week. 
No, that's some very sound advice. That's the advice you've given us over every holiday. Yeah, it's just don't do it. Christmas especially because it can it can take a week or a week to 10 days to just kind of get back into the swing of things to get guys back out of the house. Whereas opposed to like, you know, 4th of July, it hits, it's over. All right, we're back on the road. Yeah. You know, Thanksgiving and Christmas can be the two. Thanksgiving won't be so bad. You know, you'll, you'll see drivers probably, I'd say from Thanksgiving to the following week, it'll be tight. But once that Monday, Tuesday hits, life will get back to normal. Gotcha. Anything else about December, Josh? I think you talked us through a lot of stuff. I like the, uh, you know, the uh, RFP or, yeah, RFP. Yeah. Advice. Um, that was good. I think that's it. I mean, it's, like I said, it's nice to actually have information as opposed to yeah. me coming in here like I was for the summertime, essentially, to just be like, hey, man, I don't know. <laughs> Rates are dropping. We're trying to find the bottom. I'll let you know. Like, yeah. we've, we've gotten a level of normalcy now awesome well i hope that you listeners at home liked what you heard today and check out the show notes for a couple of relevant articles for you to check out um we'll definitely put some in the show notes and then next time we hear from josh we'll be talking about the new year 2023 it's so weird it's already here it's it's just 2022 went quick yeah it was a crazy year though maybe we'll have to do like a year in review thing or something that'd be a fantastic idea honestly just a look back. A recap, an overview of yeah. 2022. What the heck happened in transportation? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, uh, thanks again. Thank you. You have been listening to Beyond the Road, the transportation industry podcast produced by Anderson Trucking Service. If you liked what you heard here today, make sure to follow along wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss our next episode, which we publish multiple times per month. There are a couple of interesting articles you could check out in the show notes below if you are interested. The first one is a trucking industry during December 2022, what you should know, where you'll find some insights into the drive-in, reefer, open deck, and over-dimensional marketplaces and what happens to them during the 12th month of the year. I have also included a link to Paul Pfeiffer's transportation industry forecast for 2023, where he talks about some key challenges and unique issues facing transportation right now and what you as a logistics professional can do in the coming year to have a fruitful 2023 for your transportation supply chain. Also, you will find a link to our podcast on the holiday, shipping around the holidays, and the associated article, which goes into further detail into why the transportation changes so much during the holiday season and what you can do to get the most from your transportation decisions. Finally, for more transportation-related information and content, I invite you to head over to the ATS Inc. Learning Hub at atsinc.com slash learning hyphen hub, which I've also included below. On the Learning Hub, you will find a comprehensive library of answers to transportation's most common questions in the form of articles, videos, podcast episodes like this one, case studies, downloadable tools, and more, all created to help you become the supplier that always delivers for its customers. And that'll do it. So thanks for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I'm Eli Simonson, and I hope to speak to you again soon on another episode of Beyond the Road, the transportation industry podcast.